Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and I am so thrilled that you are here. Today, I had the privilege of interviewing friends of mine, Pete and Patty Shambrook. We go way back with them, 30 years plus, and we have some history together. You'll hear a little bit of that. But Pete and Patty are now on a new adventure with Jesus right now, and they've started a ministry called Cedar House OC to be a prayer house, a place for people to encounter God's presence, to be transformed and shaped and moved and healed and set free by Him. And it's a beautiful ministry, and um, even more powerful is the journey to get here. It's amazing how God speaks to us, how He prepares us, how He invites us into the things that He wants to do, into the things that He designed us for, into the things that He equipped us for. And um, I hope that you're inspired and encouraged and maybe challenged and maybe given some permission to step in and dream with God and say yes to the things uh, that may seem risky, but in the end are so, so worth it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode in the sacred space. Shambrooks. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Welcome. So Pete and Patty, we go back very far <laughs> in life, we were babies. <laughs> so yeah, Pete, you were like doing the like CCM artist uh, yeah. up and coming yep. Yep. thing when we met. Norm and I were in the Horizon Praise Band, right. doing that thing. <laughs> I know I cringe now. I listen to those recordings now. I cringe. I know oh it's gosh, like, oh, so what is happening? <laughs> we used to go on the road together. Yep, we did. So funny. Yeah. Um, we even played, we even played some nightclubs in LA too. We did, yeah. we did. We just, so yeah. Fun. You guys were such a great support to to oh, us. Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> and so, Pete, you were an artist for a long time. I don't know that in between. Then you were on staff at Rock Harbor mm. Church for years. Yep. Um, and I remember hearing because we were in each other's lives a ton, and then we kind of all went our separate ways. So I would hear of you, you know, oh wow, Pete's on staff at. Rock Harbor, and one of the things that I loved about that, I remember hearing that you were, and I I may have this wrong, you can correct me, that you were kind of the pastor over pastoral care for the staff and the pastors, which I remember when I heard that at that time, and this was probably, I don't know, early 2000s or mid-2000s or something. It was, yeah, 2001. Yeah, that was a revolutionary concept at the time. Like, Isn't that funny? There, I know. There just was such a lack of awareness in the body of Christ that leaders <laughs> don't have all the answers and they need to be mentored and discipled and cared for yeah. as much as the people. And so I just remember, you know, again, we didn't, it's not like we got to hang out, but yeah. I just remember being so thankful for that and so excited that of all people you were in standing in that place and yeah. you did that Thanks, for a Jim. lot of years. Now, the two of you have a ministry called Cedar House, which Mm -hmm. is a prayer ministry and prayer house. So I would love for the two of you to share really your journey, your Mm -hmm. story, 
of how'd you get here? You know, what did, between Fish on the End of the Line, which was the line in one of Pete's songs that I... <laughs> Tanner I, used to give me such a hard time about that. It's, it's like Every so time much. I saw a fish on the end of a line. <laughs> and she'd say with an Aussie accent as well. Like, <laughs> I tried. I tried. You did pretty um, good. I would love for you guys to share um, your journey, your story between Fish on the End of the Line and Cedar House Prayer Gosh, Ministry. Oh wow. Well, no, you, <laughs> you clearly don't have to go through all of no. that. But I would love, you know, maybe even from your experience at Rock Harbor, but what, what brought you here and what were the things that the Lord um, called you to, the things he transformed in you hmm. so that you were willing to take the risk. We Before we start recording, we were talking a little bit about risk. And to say yes, as we talked about in this stage of our lives in our 50s, there's there's nothing better than being willing to say yes mm. and letting God meet you at your yes. And, and which is interesting because the, I think the majority of people who are in their 50s uh, are looking forward to retirement. Yeah. And I think this is this is such an opportune time for us to say, like as you said, say yes to something we've never said yes to before, maybe something that's been stirring in us for a long time. Yeah. But we've not been able or willing or able to step into it. Yeah. So it's actually a, a really, you know, uh, interesting time for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I started pastoring at the vineyard uh, in Costa Mesa. It was actually mm-hmm. called the Newport Vineyard. I were on staff there for about four years as the college pastor. That's when I was introduced to pastoring. Mm-hmm. And I think we, I mean, we both just fell in love with it. We, we loved having college kids in our home yeah, and just loving on them, caring for them, getting in the word, like just challenging them. And, and this, this opportunity came up. So I had a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who said, hey, you're, you're made for this. This is a good thing and, and I'll help you. He was a prophet at um, Biola. And uh, so he, he came alongside me and, and helped me think through teaching and everything. It was just, it was just such an amazing Four years of yeah. being a college career pastor at the Vineyard. Uh, Patty and I did that together. Our kids, I mean, Sophie yeah. would be in her playpen as a baby. Porter Crib. And the music's just like going off. Yeah. I mean, we're just the, thumping through the walls. And so, and our kids, were, uh, Dane and Connor, were, they were our two older ones. They, they're super young. And it was just a really, really just vibrant time for us of ministry. Then uh, we ended up leaving the vineyard and uh, went over to Rock Harbor. And uh, we started attending Rock Harbor. Then they went through a really difficult time in 2001. And uh, I was asked to come on staff to help them through that. Hmm. And so they they said, hey, we can only commit to a year. We really don't know you very well. Apart from Todd knew me, you know, yeah. which was great. And, and we can commit to a year and that's about it. And we're like, okay, it was an opportune time. I'd actually been at Maranatha Music for a year. Yeah, as a that's VP, right. VP of yeah. A&R. I and forgot I didn't about know what that. What the heck I was doing then? It was like, but that, but I was brought on to help pastor the teams and stuff. You know? Yeah, I didn't know anything about A&R. It was just crazy, and and I learned a lot there. Actually, it was a really good time for me. And but I knew it was I wasn't meant to stay there. Yeah. So so coming out of that, we ended up at Rock Harbor and uh, ended up being there for seventeen years. And uh, how many? Seven, seventeen years. Seventeen years. Seventeen years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as you were saying, as, a, as uh, overseeing all the pastoral ministries there and uh, pastoring the pastors, the elders, and uh, I think I think that you know you were saying you don't hear about that very much. I don't. I'm not sure they knew what to do with me. I mean, I mean, Todd's I think uh, response was, "Hey, uh, would you just come on and help us get through this? We we don't have a position. Right. Uh, hey, let's create something and 
you know, around who you are and what right. God's made you to be kind of a thing. So that's what it ended up, ended up being. That's so great. interesting to me, too, because I think so much of the, at least the Western evangelical world, has this presumed career path in ministry, yeah. right? And so there's these positions that one should or shouldn't yeah. try to attain based on what they believe they're supposed to do. And, and I think the tragedy in that is so many pastors are weighted down with things that don't fit their gift set, but it's, it's the assumed next oh, yeah. step. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I was at a church and a pastor burned out because he was a teacher and like discipleship, but he was in the senior pastor role and the, the weight of everything that was expected of him was so great. Mm-hmm. How we place these things on people and it's just really nuts. Oh, oh so gosh. that's a trail we could go down. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I could talk about that for ages. Yeah. You know, the fact that, that most, I think the majority of pastors live in pretense because of yeah. the weight that's on them. They're yeah. putting forward something that's not really, that they're struggling with. So they, they're in a dark place. Yeah. Sometimes you know, I'm not saying all of them, obviously, but when you find yourself in a dark place as a pastor, uh, you know you put the blinders on and you just keep pushing through it, yeah. Rather than actually taking, hey guys, time out here. Right. <laughs> I've got stuff going on in my soul and my heart right now that needs to be worked on. Yeah. And, and there really hasn't been. I think most of them believe, and for many it's true, that there isn't even a safe place to do Correct. that. Correct, exactly. Right? Because if I do say that, then it's over. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's going to blow everything up, and they're not going to be cared for. They're going to be, right. and, yeah. And, and they have a good reason to think that way. Yeah, Because that's, a, that's often what happens. Yeah. Part of what I do right now, I work with a ministry called Soul Shepherding. Yeah, um, yeah, with, yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing, the need. So that's why it was so interesting to me because you were really one of the first people I'd ever seen a church be willing to to do that and they couldn't define it like you said I don't know what this is it was like the Lord just you know his willingness to say we need something and then let the Holy Spirit define it as you stepped into that and I'm sure it was messy and you know it it could have been prettier than it was but that was that's was a really significant thing yeah it was yeah So I ended up, I ended up you know, being at Rock Harbor for, as I said, 17 years. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but during that time, this might, might be a good time for Patty to step in too, but there was just a, um, I mean, I stopped dreaming hmm. about things. And, and uh, uh, I don't know, it just, you just find yourself in this place where uh, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have the ability to lose myself. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I, I think in a lot of ways I lost myself, but I was working on my stuff at the same time. Yeah. And it was a mess. I mean, really, in, uh, interiorly in a lot yeah. of ways. And, I mean, God's done amazing healing, I feel, in me. In, and even in the last, honestly, the last year, <clears throat> uh, it's been incredible. But all I have to say is that I think we, we found ourselves just in this place of of um, going, gosh, there has to be more than this. And yeah. Yeah, I think Pete had always you know he was a pastor it was who he was and so like when he was saying I stopped dreaming it was you know he had the box that he was in and we for the first time were empty nesters and just all the things that were going on we had sold our house our youngest daughter we took to Australia she went to Hillsong and so at 18 she's living you know in another country and um we our boys were had moved out and and we just found, I think, some of the things we've been contending 
for in our family, um, we were growing weary and yeah. it was, it was difficult. And when you're talking about like that safe place, I don't think I, like we love the church and I loved, I, I loved our church, but I didn't feel safe where I could talk about yeah. the things that I was going through. And it was definitely a really lonely, difficult time, probably more so for me than Pete and just, um, we just walk and pray and cry out to the Lord. And I say, is there anything else you can do with your life? <laughs> like, do you need to be a pastor? And yeah. Isn't I, there any, isn't there something yeah. else you'd love yeah. to do? And, 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 and isn't it ironic that, you know, Lord, you were placed in a position to be the safe place for others, but then where's the safe place for you? You know? Yeah. And so that, you know, that, 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 mountain's going to keep getting That's higher, true, yeah. right? But right? at this point, yeah. too, we were, he had started pastoring um, a campus. Mm-hmm. And so we were doing Rock Harbor Orange and yeah, doing a lot of roles at that at that point. But I, I think we just came to a place where, um, as we were talking, you know, some of the similar things that you get to a point... And you just start asking questions like, isn't there more? Like what we're reading in the word and how our lives look just don't feel aligned. Not yeah. like we're in sin, nothing like that. But yeah. it was just like, we don't see the power of God in the church. Yeah. We don't um, we don't see him moving in those ways. We're not seeing people healed. Um, why are so many people anxious and depressed and yeah. things like that? So it we just started asking those questions and and really crying out to the Lord in prayer. In prayer. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, and to be honest, uh, I, I mean, Patty, as Patty was saying, she was feeling it in ways that I wasn't. And yeah. like I was saying, gosh, this is my calling as a pastor. But but my calling and my my job uh, are too... Yeah, but they can ju- they can join up, but they're yes. two entirely different things. <laughs> that's huge. So my yeah, vocation is as a lover of God. Yeah, that's my vocation. That's all of our vocation, right? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, and out of that comes the things that He's made us for. That yeah. we, um, regardless of whether I ever retire from my job that I do, which may be the same thing as my vocation or helping me to live out my vocation, I will always, to the end of my days, like live out who God's made me to be. I don't never yeah. retire from that. Yeah. Does that make good. sense? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we were, we were, um, just in this place of, of, um, just discovering, I think, um, just the, the, I think the richness of God in, and, and Patty was leading the way in that in yeah. ways that I, I couldn't lead in. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. And so a lot of it has to do with, with what she was seeing and, yeah. And she would bring it <clears throat> to me, and we would pray about it, and and I would push back on it, and kind of go, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. And and Patty, well, Patty was saying, but there's there's got to be more. And she was right. And at one point, it hit me. I'm like, she's right. Like this, there it, there has to be more than what we're experiencing in the church right now. Yeah. And so we, um, yeah, we we just found avenues um, to to grow, and some of that had to do with a crew from South County that we hung out with for a couple of years, and are still our friends to this day. That uh, they they, you know, we just jumped in with them, and we we learned to walk in the spirit, um, and even some of the giftings that came out when we were at Vineyard, yeah, uh, were experienced in, more, in a more robust way, but in a normal way. Yeah, uh, I remember J.P. Morland uh, saying uh, to us, to us at a staff meeting at Rock Harbor years and years ago, he said, 
keep in mind, he was a cessationist. <laughs> was. And was a cessationist. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, just uh, does no longer believe in, in, he believes in the Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit. And he said something to our staff. He goes, hey, find normal people that are walking in the power of the Spirit and hang out with them. Yeah, that's good. And I'm, I'll never forget it. Uh, that was my heart to see that. And so we found normal people walking mm-hmm. in the power of the Spirit. That's good. And we hung out yeah. with them. That's and this so was good. only, what, maybe three, four, three, four years ago? It was, no, it was almost five years ago, I think. Wow, that yeah. Long, okay. Yeah, they, at this group, invited us to come down, our staff, and just said, we want to prophesy over you. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Everybody, so we went just kind of like, all right, we'll step into this. And I think we were, we were so hungry and so desperate for more and we went and it was like we were just laughing our heads off because they you know read 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 your mail yeah Yeah. it was and it was and they were so nor like pete was saying and so beautiful so loving and it that they just breathed life into us we walked away and went oh okay this is who god is Mm -hmm. yeah and And this is this is what spiritual community is yeah right this is this is this is that, and um, before I, I don't want to breeze. There's a couple yeah. of things that you guys share that I think are so significant, and one of those is your partnership in your marriage. Mm. I see a lot of young couples get married with really misunderstanding of what that actually means. Mm. As you discover and pray through calling and all of those things, and the two of you together choose and say yes. You're something together that you aren't apart. Yeah. So there's something really significant, and I love how that played out, that Pete, where you were, you weren't able to see all those things, but she was, and you were able to receive from Patty her questions, mm-hmm. and the two of you could wrestle through that, yeah. and then the two of you could choose to, to take the next step. And yeah. that's... Um, that's such a significant uh, picture mm. of what marriage can and should be. Um, well, there's two things, I think, yeah. to that. <clears throat> I think, Gina, uh, the first one is the marriage element for sure. But I think the second piece is that we believe that the church has been missing the woman's voice yeah. for so long. Yeah. And there wasn't space for Patty to step into, yeah, it's good. really, yeah. in leadership Mm-hmm. Uh, with a voice, with authority, and yeah. that that is led by the Spirit, yeah, and uh, and actually find an outlet for that, yeah. And so I think uh, yes, in marriage for sure, and like any marriage, we've had our ups and downs in marriage, and I'm working out my crap, and you know, and Patty's yeah. working out hers, and Absolutely. we're like, okay, so how does this, how do we work this together? Yeah. Uh, but in the midst of it, you're right that we want to be together in this, and this was the first time for us. Me working at a, a couple of different churches, to some degree, Patty was able to engage in that, especially I think when we're at Vineyard more so. But um, we found this space where it was like, gosh, we actually get to do this together. Absolutely. And it's this submitting one to another. Yes. Like she, Patty has giftings that I just do not have. Yes. And, and her voice has been so important for me. Yep. But, but I wasn't fully attuned to it before either. Yeah. You know, I was stuck in my box as well. Yeah. But oh man, once you once you get outside that box and you realize the giftings that people have. Yeah. Uh, regardless of their gender or anything, yes. like, like their voice has to be heard, and the vo- and the church cannot be the same and will not be what it's right. meant to be, if both those voices absolutely. are not heard, and uh, and heeded. Yeah, and that's absolutely. I think it's because of the distorted understanding of 
women and their authority and their gifting and their leadership in the church in general has trickled into a distorted image of men and women and their partnership in marriage. And so the church is missing and many Christian marriages are missing the totality of what is available and the opportunity that is there when in the church, they recognize the the authority and the mantle and the giftings that women have and give them a platform and give them a voice. In a marriage, when the man recognizes the gifts and authority that his wife has and mm-hmm. gives room for that, but also for the women to have confidence and not live in that mm-hmm. place of insecurity and I'm just going to be pu- dragged behind the right. speedboat, you right. know, mm-hmm. and not step into everything that God created you to be and, and for you to have the confidence to start going, wait, there's got to be more and to start that unrest, not just um, pushing it down or Mm. letting it come out in some other way, but actually start to vocalize it, actually start to say that to your husband. Actually, then the two of you actually start to wrestle with that. Well, well, nothing should make us happier as men, as husbands than to see our wives like thriving. Yeah. Well, and we, and we had that, like Pete was saying at the vineyard, we did, that was completely together and it was so much fun, and there was so much fruit out of it. But I think it wasn't the case at Rock Harbor. Yeah. And so I kind of was doing my thing, and I went back to school. I'm a marriage and family therapist now, and so I was doing that track, and Pete was pastoring. And, of course, we were doing a lot in the church together. But for us, it was one of the most beautiful times in our marriage, but one of the darkest times, too. Yeah, And the things we were contending for our family, for our kids, and our sons were not walking with the Lord, and there was there was just a lot of struggle, yeah. and so it came out of a, a dark time, it came out of a very difficult time, but I'm so grateful that we, we definitely, we had done a lot of work in our marriage over the years, and so we turned toward each other during yeah, that time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and it, it was, it was, yeah, it was really good. special. We, we lived in a little 450-square-foot back house. We wow. sold so our we house, moved up to other. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get in an argument, time. I go in the bedroom, let be two steps away from where Patty was. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> go to I your can corner. hear you breathing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it was so great. It was, it was this awesome. in-between stage, and when, yeah, we had just become empty nesters, and before we bought a, another house, we yeah we had left Costa Mesa, moved up to Orange, and so everything was different. You yeah, know, we had nothing familiar. Our st- stuff was in storage. Our kids were not in our home, and we just slowed everything and focused on the Lord. I mm, it was just good. this really that sweet really, time, really, but it was a news. hard time too. Yeah, because it's an exposing time, right? Completely. You start to remove all the things that yeah. were occupying your yeah. attention and your time, and then you're just kind of faced with yourself and each yes. other yeah. and yeah. Jesus, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you have a choice. What are you gonna what are you gonna do yeah. there? Right. Yeah. And um that's that's really powerful. Yeah. Well, well um, remember us looking at each other at one point, like we're both experiencing the spirit at this point mm-hmm. and we're walking in the spirit and and that simply means just for, I mean, just for the sake of saying it, we talk about walking in the Spirit. It's just a submission to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yeah. That's it, you know. We're not talking about uh, going off trying to do crazy stuff. Right. But the but the Holy Spirit will do crazy stuff at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but remember when we when we started to really, you know, experience just the, God's presence, mm-hmm. uh, it was wonderfully overwhelming and yeah. experiencing the, the, the Spirit moving and, and remember, we looked at each other at one point, and I think Patty said, "There's no going back. 
Yeah. And here I am in a, in a in a job that I've had for you know sixty at that point probably sixteen years, and I'm feeling this tension, but this affirmation of well of like, as well of I can't go back to the way it was. Yeah. And once you've experienced the yeah. the presence of God and the Holy yeah. Spirit. You just can't go back. No. So what does it look like to move forward? Yeah, Which led good. us into making some decisions. That's good. Even with Rock Harbor that we had to make to actually step into what God was putting on our heart to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love the, um, when you were talking about find normal people <laughs> who are filled with spirit. One of the things when I teach my class is, you know, I start by saying, we just want to know what biblical normal is. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It, it is. It's it's dependence, right? It's abiding. It's John 17. It's being with Jesus, not doing everything for him. Right. And so just yielding to him, you know, it's it's funny because there's, when you start to discover those things, then you start understanding verses like pray without ceasing. Yeah. You know, things that we kind of like, Just oh, that's grudge. reserved for somebody sitting on a yes. mountaintop somewhere yeah. who's holy. You know, no, 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 no. Pray without ceasing means that he's in everything. He's with you. Yeah. When Jesus says, I, I only do what I see the Father doing. Like there's that that intimate, connected dependence in the yeah. most mundane things. And he brings the miraculous to the mundane. You know, Completely. it's not yeah. always these crazy stuff. And yes, He'll do crazy stuff. But when we're constantly looking for the big, the crazy, or the programmed, or the what it should be, then we're missing... We're missing the miracle. We're missing the man. We're missing the things that are right here, right now. The invitations that are countless throughout the day, right? And when you start to see that, and when you start to experience that, it's like... It's like um, those videos of someone who's colorblind putting on the color glasses for the first time, and you're like, what? (laughs) This has always been here, you know? Completely. Um, Yeah, it's powerful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was in just the very beginning when I was just questioning, there's got to be more more than this to my faith. And we even started having conversations, like daring to ask the question as pastors, like, I'm not seeing some of the prayers that we've been praying for a long time answered. I don't know if I even know the richness of prayer. Does prayer work? Like we mm. we allowed ourselves to ask the questions that you're not supposed to ask, you yeah. know? And yeah. so that was really freeing too. Realizing the limitedness of our faith, not questioning God. There was never like a questioning mm. or, you know, that we're going to walk away that the Bible's not real. Which is which I think is an important piece because in being blunt honest about yeah. stuff, about what's going on inside of us, the questions that we're asking, it allowed us to go back to scratch again. Yeah. But we still trusted God to bring us through, yeah. like to begin again and to, to begin to show us. Yeah. Like we trusted him <clears throat> in doing that. Yeah, that's a huge piece is trusting his goodness and his character that he can take all of it. Like he can take, he's not threatened by my questions. He's not threatened by my, I mean, look at the Psalms, you know, Um, the disorientation, you know, reorientation, you know, interesting. I was, you know, talking about going through difficult things You know, we've been wrestling through some stuff with people that in our family that are struggling with some, some hard, dark things. And, there was one particular morning I woke up and you know, you're just wrestling with those hopelessness yeah. or the, 
yes, I know you spoke this, Lord, but I don't see it. Like, really? Are you really there? And I had happened to be in the middle of reading Job at the time, not because of that. I actually interviewed a friend, Rihanna Downey, and she mentioned Job. I'm like, I should read Job. And And most of us will not go through anything even remotely similar to what Job went through, right? But it was interesting in that moment for me as I was kind of wrestling and questioning or got to the chapter where God finally answers Job and says, so Job, where were you? Where were you when I said the, you know, the thing that was powerful about it for me at that moment was that it, it was a this loving rebuke and it, it, there was comfort in it because it wasn't this Zeus lording over, you know, who do you think you are? There's actually love behind it. And then we're coming on the heels of that. God turns to Job's friends and rebukes them and then says, I'm going to have my servant Job pray for you guys. (laughs) And when he prays for you, I'm going to hear. And then he restores. So there's just this loving safety that even in all of this toil and turmoil and all of my questions and all of my, I don't get it. I don't understand. You're not moving. You're, I'm not Mm -hmm. seeing who you say you are, but I know that you are, but right, right. you know, and yeah, it comes from such a different place. Yeah. It wasn't a bitterness. It wasn't yeah. a disbelief. Mm-hmm. It was that's more good. like, I know I'm missing it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. will you teach me? Like, yeah, I know I'm missing good. it. I trust that this is real, but I want it, my life to reflect it. Yeah. And so I think too, we just started stepping out of the box, going to conferences that I would never have gone to. And I remember the first one I went to with a girlfriend who was also in that place of like, gosh, there's got to be more. And we went up to LA and I was, I had my notepad out and if they're not preaching the word, I'm going home. (laughs) And I'm like taking notes and there's some weirdness there. And I'm like, God, I just so desperate for you. I'll, I just want to focus on, on you. And it was such an amazing few days. So we we just started hanging out with different people outside of our church and going to conferences and reading books on prayer and testimonies and borrowing their testimonies and going, yeah. okay, gosh, what you've done in their life, I want you to do that in our life, in our church. And Freshman, fresh fire. Yeah, so that was the yeah, first. We, we read that to each other in, in, in bed at night. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, just jumped in bed and we just oh, read bits so and pieces back, backwards mm-hmm. and forwards. Yeah. So the borrowing testimonies part, we borrowed Jim Cimbala's yeah, testimony. that's good. And mm-hmm. made it our own. Yeah, yeah that's well. so good. So t- and talk a little bit about the what, what you saw. Yeah, well, I first just read about somebody had this, using it for ministry, this white barn, and I was just kind of overwhelmed in, in my sadness. Pete was away teaching somewhere and it was one of the first months we were in our little back house and I was by myself and feeling sorry for myself, I think, and kind of lonely and, and something just lit up inside me. And after that, I just felt like the Lord just started giving me pictures. Uh, we had someone that I hadn't seen right after that I ran into and she's like, I had a dream about you. And Anyway, just described, you know, this setting and she's like, does that resonate? And I said, you know, I don't, I, I'm not really sure. I said, but I, I do have this dream of doing ministry in a white barn. She goes, that's, or in a barn. She goes, that's so weird. There was a barn in it, mm-hmm. but it was a white barn. And so there's just these little nuggets of, of things that the Lord just started giving us. But we just, we have the, we have this picture of a place I think just as we started having, experiencing the freedom in Christ and 
just the joy of walking with them, that it's not hard. The things yeah, that we good. were reading in the Bible, we're like, oh, we're experiencing these. We we got to the people who lived in the, the home. We were renting their back house. We experienced a radical miracle with him that we, mm-hmm. as we were just really learning to pray and pray with authority, we got to be with them through that and just... Like a comeback from the dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that. Awesome. Like really. So good. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was un- unbelievable. But we just, even when we were in Uganda a couple of years later and again, just like really felt like I saw a vision of it, of just people just running in and there being worship and teaching, but different teaching, like equipping yeah. people for, you know, this life of, of freedom and prayer and intimacy with God. Yeah. And so that was kind of, we were like, what is that? What, what are we supposed to do with this? And then summer of 2017, we ended up going to a, a prayer house in Wales called Falda Brennan. So we went for a week and... We, the, we read the books. I, mean, oh, yeah, I read yeah. one of them at that point. You yeah. read I think, both of them. Uh, and these are two books that you have to read if mm-hmm. you haven't read them. One's called The Grace Outpouring, mm-hmm. and the second one is The Way of Blessing, written okay. by um, Roy Godwin. Awesome. I'll put those yeah. in the episode notes for people. Oh, it's so, so beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, they their whole, as he took over as director, Roy Godwin, and his wife, Daphne, they just believe in the power of blessing. And so they'll, they'll be non-believers driving up. What is this place? They take them on a little tour of it. It's just stunning. At the end, they say, can we bless you? And we'll be like, well, okay. Yeah, who's going to say no? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the stories are amazing just even as they go into this old, beautiful stone prayer room of people just falling on their face going mm. god i didn't know you were real like the whole mm. and them just going that's the holy spirit it's not us and yeah so yeah it just got us excited about the, what they call a thin place in mm. in wales yeah and and roy and daphne um, they affirmed and confirmed some stuff in us yeah. that we we ended up walking out there in tears in the best kind of way like just happy <laughs> tears we're like okay what okay what do we do now like yeah. they, they've actually said like yes this is what you're called to and we're like okay what now now what yeah <laughs> cuz it stirs up all this expectation yeah. right and yeah. then we want to like okay you know what right. do you do with it right, well, right. well Daphne gave us some incredible advice she just said she just looked at she goes okay um, i would just, i want to say this do something Hmm, don't you don't need to do what your end, what the telos of this thing is. You know the, mm-hmm. what you're seeing. You don't need to accomplish that right now. Such but good do advice. Something. Yeah, because how so, much of us get par- you, we get paralyzed in oh yeah. in the vision, right? Yep. It's like we don't yeah. know where to start, right. so yep. we're stuck. Yeah. yeah, that's like money advice, yeah. right? Oh, no, there. It was, and it's it so simple, awesome. but it's so true. You do yeah. something, right? Right. Yeah. Just yeah. move. Yeah. Just move. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. It's one step. One step. Such good advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It really has been yeah. amazing. Because God will meet you at each of those steps, right? Yeah. Oh, completely. No matter how like small. he's the one who's yeah. gonna open the door. Yeah. And, yeah. and and actually, I was at lunch with uh, a woman from our church and. And I said, I wish we could do a prayer room and start doing some like 24-hour prayers. And we want a place where people encounter God. Yeah. And because there's so many people go, I don't know how to pray or I'm not the prayer warrior. Yeah. And they might not come to a prayer house, but they'll come to a a space that's set up for them to encounter God and help them, you know. And so we had that, this idea of more of this encounter room and just started talking to Ruth about it. And she's like, 
oh, we just finished this little apartment above Remodel, yeah. our garage, and we want to use it for a prayer room. Oh. <laughs> like, just so <laughs> random. Oh. Of course. Like, of course you do. So many people want to do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like. Exactly. I know. Exactly. It's like, you don't want to rent it out, like, as space. And she goes, no. So we ended up with her and a few other people going in and just putting this, found this big, long, cool wood table and it's in the middle of the room and have art supplies and have map of the world and we just did stations all yeah. over on forgiveness and that was kind of the do something so yeah. we so so talk a little bit about um because there's the now and the not yet yeah yeah you know, so the now is like we're doing something right right, right. Uh, and prayer house has something to do with that as well as encounter room you know yeah um, but there's also a bigger yeah bigger vision that comes well, well and too. through that though we started um it it was open for people to go in and experience God. And we did 72 hours of prayer. We've done 40 hours of prayer, 24 hours of prayer, which has been really neat through the night because it's safe. It's on someone's property. Yeah. And it was incredible to hear the stories. And then through that, we just have people starting to call and saying, can you meet us there and pray for us? And we had been doing different trainings and inner healing and sozo and that's kind of how that part started we do a lot of prayer appointments for inner healing and the and the beautiful thing too that you brought this up earlier gina is that we we're a neutral space hmm. we're not a church yeah, church. yeah. we're not yeah, connected to a any deal. particular church yeah. yeah and so we've had quite a few pastors come yeah. through yeah and we just get to love on them care that's for them good. pray for them uh, work with them in prayer as well, uh, so it's it's been it's been really really good and staff and staff from churches. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting because the organizational church is important and it has a role and there's something powerful and significant about spiritual communities gathering mm-hmm. for corporate worship. But there is especially now we're in the middle of the pandemic. But even this has has forced this deconstruction of our dependence on the organization. And part of what I would want to encourage people who are listening with stories like yours and stories that they've heard in other episodes is what it, you know, we talk a lot about we are the church and we're supposed to be the church, not just go to church. Yes, you happen to have been pastors on staff, but Really, you're a son and a daughter mm-hmm. who were hungry for more, and you started sensing and feeling this this prompting, this burden, this desire to see something shift and change and meet these people, and they say, just do something. And so your doing something birthed this ministry and it's yeah. not within the four walls of an organized church but it's mm-hmm. the church right. and you are ministering to people both in and outside of the four walls of the mm-hmm. church and and if people could understand the power of yes the power of mm-hmm. that risk the power of taking a step the power of giving yourself permission to dream with god going back to you saying you know you would really stop dreaming and when you can when everything gets stripped away and you give yourself permission to dream with him, what is possible? And I think we squash those things because it we, we assume it needs to fit into 
um, the mold, right. which is what we see organized church in our, you know, the United States or whatever. Mm. We, it needs to fit into, and if there's no role or ministry that my church is doing that my gifts fit into, then there's just not a place for me. Oh, yeah. And how, yeah. oh my gosh, what could happen yeah. if the body of Christ, if sons and daughters would... Think outside believe, the box. Yes. Like, there's just start, start dreaming, thinking outside the yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's a it's such a freeing thing. That's good. You know? And like you're saying, like we, we love the church too. Having those ministries that come beside and support the church. Yeah. Because it is a lonely place, I think, for leaders and pastors yeah. and pastors' wives and so I think that's been one of our favorite parts. Very early on as we opened that little prayer house, one of the first people that called Pete was a leader at another church we're like how do you even know (laughs) we were doing this and said I need prayer and that's been as as a therapist too being able to pour hope into some of the the leaders that are tired and that haven't experienced what they need from the Holy Spirit and give them an imagination I think for Mm. more for what God can do in their Mm. lives because that's what we started really I think that was part of it going gosh how do we engage our imagination for what God wants to do, because we use our imagination for fear yeah, all the time. All the time. That's really and, good. But yeah. it feels like, oh, are you really supposed to do it? <laughs> but yeah. we started imagining what God was doing in our family. We started imagine, mm-hmm. imagining who they were um, designed to be instead mm-hmm. of looking at things that were going on and being filled with fear. Yeah, And good. it just totally changed our faith. Yeah. Hmm. So Cedar House really began for us. Uh, as as a not just a place but a way to encounter God's presence. So Cedar House really is a place and a, a way for us to encounter the presence of God. Like our tagline is restoring hope and freedom. Yeah. Because once you've encountered the presence of God, mate, there's there's like there's only hope and freedom ahead of you. Yeah, it's good. That's what yeah. He's desiring yeah. to bring to us because there's this stuff that we're attached to that's habituated in us. Yeah. Even after we give our lives to Christ, you know, we've got the Holy Spirit in us now, but we're still left asking the question, why can't I overcome these things here? Like, I'm, I'm still dealing with the same stuff, you know? Yeah. But the fact of it is, is that, that that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. But the more we are able to be in God's presence, the more the Holy Spirit begins to uh, deal with that stuff in us mm-hmm. if we're able to be open about yeah. it. Because we can stop him from getting into those places yeah. as well. Well, he can start revealing it, and then we can just go, yeah, nope, yeah, right. <laughs> no, not going there. And nope. some of it's scary stuff. Yeah, like yeah. if you've been, like if you've yeah. dealt with abuse and like mm-hmm. just childhood trauma as well, it doesn't even necessarily be necessarily need to be that significant. But childhood trauma is a, a stuff that we get stuck with, man, and that's yeah. and that's one way that Satan gets his his gets to dig his toe into our lives yeah is through traumas and then we start agreeing with him yeah absolutely as well. and those are lies when we agree with what he's saying about us then well and once you come into agreement then you're giving them permission to sit correct. up correct yeah. exactly. right that stronghold yeah. is now being exactly. constructed yeah. and until we can uncover what those are and yes. renounce those things and yeah. repent from that and turn from that right the, to we do have the power to tear yes. down every stronghold and every yeah. high thing that exalts itself yeah. against the knowledge of yeah. god but we need to know what it is right. and yep. be willing yeah right yeah um it's so so good one of the things we are really excited about with cedar house is 
we've been so moved by the arts and Mm -hmm. that is something I think that I think that's missing in the church today and so we have some artists that we're really excited about that are dancers and choreographers and do pottery and painting and and there's just that's another way of experiencing God just Uh, absolutely I was at a uh, worship mentor gathering probably eight or nine years ago and Ian Cron was speaking and he I'm gonna Mm -hmm. I've been trying to find the quote I don't know if it was his Mm -hmm. quote or somebody else's but he said and I'm not gonna butcher it but something along the lines of art um art allows for truth to come in sideways Mm. so you know i can Mm. sit here and listen to words all day long but art is going to bring truth in in a a way in a direction that's going to seep in and Mm -hmm. and permeate in a way that that words just can't right yeah and not just um seeing it i love that you were saying like even in the prayer room you have the table with art supplies i think there's so many of us who who will say well i'm not artistic yeah Oh, I'm not creative. But when we're kids, we'll sit down with a box of crayons and we'll just go to mm-hmm. town because we're not in that place of being, of judging or comparing or, or anything. No so there's something powerful about not just um, experience and seeing and receiving yes. beautiful art by mm-hmm. artists, which is powerful, prophetic declaration of God's right. goodness, right? Um, but then also unlocking in us whether we're creative or not to be able to express ourselves creatively artistically and whether that's with color or whether that's wherever we're planted whether we're an engineer and everything there's something innately creative about who we are because we're made in the image of our creator completely right yes and um there's so many things that have been um limited and shut down and not allowed to be what what would happen in the church big C mm-hmm. if his kids start to start to say yes to the invitation yeah. right? and yeah. those things start to get unlocked completely it's pretty fun. yeah yeah we might not I remember reading the difference between artists and creatives and mm-hmm. we might not all be artists but we're all creative yeah and it like you said it's bringing that out in you that's been shoved down where someone said oh you're not <laughs> you're not an artist you're not yeah. good yeah and so you stop drawing and or painting. every piece of art that you that's appropriate for the church has to have a cross in it or yeah. has to, you know what i mean yeah. like what yeah um yeah in the same way that god can take our questions and our you know he can take all of that processing in our art as well right um which is really cool yeah yeah it's good so, Cedar, so how long Cedar House been going now? Since uh, <clears throat> October? October. Since October. Not very long. Oh, yeah. wow, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So right now we just, we have our little prayer room that we've actually not been in during COVID. Yeah. So we've been doing Zoom prayer. But it's amazing how, like, I mean, I mean, go figure, the, the, the yeah. spirit transcends even Zoom. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we have some incredible sessions with people. Yeah. And, and seeing God move in them, it's just been amazing. Yeah. Been really, really cool. And we did a, um, <clears throat> we have a virtual prayer room yeah. on our website as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I've gone through it. It's great. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's several things we were doing, <laughs> and we are in fundraising mode. It's funny because I don't know if I've ever been someone who, thought you have to have a building when you have a church or but we really do want a space because it will be yeah. a place where 
we can have dance and like you said there's something to experiencing it as well tara with her dance and andrea even with pottery and some of the things that they're dreaming about how do we incorporate prayer and helping people understand who they are and their identity and Mm, things that are so important through the arts yeah we have some really gifted people in the prophetic and they're just so pastoral and so Mm -hmm. loving and giving them a space to get to teach and train and being able to have a space too where we can bring in some leaders and pastors and and we've been meeting with we've met with um with multiple churches the pastors uh, just helping them create an imagination for what for the scope and power of prayer that's good and we get to just like eugene just get to come in and figure out where they're at yeah and look at next steps for them yeah because every every church is going to be different yeah you know um and i think having that sensitivity to begin where they need to begin yeah uh, not kind of you know well here's where you need to be right now over so here. that's but such a go, big hey, deal can we just start where you're at <clears throat> and uh, let's let's go there and i love because I, I heard you say that with with when you're training as well, that's yeah. you're kind of discerning like what's going on. Yeah, uh, that's such a that's so important. You know, I I feel like a lot of young leaders will go away to a conference and then they try to like emulate, mm-hmm. they try to just replicate that in their space, yeah. and it's it's not about that. It's about being equipped and inspired to then come be mm-hmm. exactly who you were designed to be, where you were planted right. in the community that you were planted in. So yeah. what what is that? What's the iteration? What's the version? What does it look like yeah. when the creativity is unleashed here? You right. know, that shouldn't look like it yeah. does at Bethel or Hillsong. Yeah, or their expression is going to be completely or, different. You know, it, it, it needs to be uh-huh. different. It, yeah. It's going to be a. It's going to be just a, a cheap replica if it's yeah. just trying to be something yeah. it's not. Well, and it's human to try and formulate something. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we've got to smack our hand. Every time we reach for the formula, somebody, like somebody's got to go, wow, yeah, you know, it's good. Like smack the hand. <laughs> yeah. Back off. Okay, now you're sitting in front of a person right now. Yeah. Or you're sitting in front of some people right now. Get to know their story. Yeah. And where good. they're at before it's you good. enter in on, on helping instruct them on where to go now. Yeah. And I, that, that speaks also to even just encountering God's presence and healing. And I, I think it's so strategic that Jesus just never healed the same twice. Wait, yeah. right. right? Because yeah, we would have taken it. We want a formula. <laughs> yeah. we, well, yeah. we, okay, we have to spit in the mud and then we have to do and it's like, no, yeah. it's not about that. We would get the it's, mud. Yeah. It's and nor does he tell us how to do it. Like that's the no, beauty of the yeah. gospel is like, hey, you see it in front of you, see the kingdom of God like laid out in front of you yeah. right here. What did Jesus do? He preached the gospel. Mm. He healed the sick, the lame. Yeah. I mean, cast out demons, and then he tells us to 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 do all the things that he taught us to do. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Okay, yeah. now go yeah. figure it out. Right. You know, with the Spirit. Right. But well, that's the and, point. If there's going to be a dependence on the Holy Spirit, yeah. then we can't formulate it. Exactly. We have to be dependent on mm-hmm. Him to show us mm-hmm. how to go about what it means to cast out demons or yeah. to heal the lame or the sick yeah. or to preach the gospel. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I'm excited to see what God does. Yeah. We are too. <laughs> Great yeah. expectation. And one step at a time. Yeah. And it is neat that way because I... God opens doors that you couldn't imagine. Yeah, and so good. Yeah, it takes you in a direction that you might not have planned. You know, you get moving and he turns you left. Mm. 
He uh, zigs when you thought he was going to zag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely. Oh, yeah. Does that yeah. a lot. But I think I'm thinking about the person who might be, you know, listening to the podcast, and um, and just thinking, well, gosh, like, you know, they've they've got their act together, and and you know, they've uh, stepped out. But man, it it was it wasn't easy. Yeah. It was difficult, and as yeah. Patty said, it was born out of darkness. Actually. Yeah. We just weren't willing to stay in the darkness, mm-hmm. and God showed us the way to kind of to 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 direct ourselves. Um, and that whole thing of, as we said earlier on, just do something. Yeah, is really helpful. When you go up and get up in the morning, you go, like God's put something on my heart, and then you know I can just do something. Yeah. And we've seen the somethings add up. Absolutely. And you get to look back at the somethings, and you yeah. go, it really has become a something. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. big something. That's really but good. But it started with small somethings. No, I love that. I met with a girl yesterday she was asking me at the end she's like what does your quiet time look like that that started a whole conversation because you know the church has gone through all these things of like you have to have your chair and you're going to have your basket with your books and your highlighters and you have to have your time and you know just all this stuff or um you know don't be distracted you know finding distraction take those thoughts captive and i was encouraging her with um i heard a message a long time ago where a pastor said you know it might have, might have been Bill Johnson. He was like, you know, I used to get so caught up on distraction until I started realizing it might be the Holy Spirit trying to tell me something. <laughs> yes, and I so every distraction, he's like, everything, if it was reminding me of a bill that I need to pay, I'd say, mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus, for reminding me to pay that bill so I can have mm-hmm. a witness to the phone company. If, if yeah. somebody's name popped in my head, I would just stop right there and pray for them or I would send them a text. And, <laughs> and I was telling Ellery, I said, you know, um, just... If we if we start to practice listening, yeah. it's like you were saying, you know, and take the it, the step may be as simple as that. Like I've never like encouraged somebody. Why do I keep? Why does that person's name keep coming to me? Well, maybe mm-hmm. next time that happens, consider it's Jesus. Completely. And maybe just send a text. That may be your some one thing yeah. to do. Yeah. But the beauty of that is when you do that, and that person goes, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you texted me because yeah. da 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 da." Yes. Or when you send that encouraging word or you just say hey i'm praying for you right now mm-hmm. and as you start seeing god meet you at those little you know we're talking little things that's gonna embolden you that's gonna first of all that's gonna create a hunger for you for more you're yeah. like oh that's exciting like that's how speaking because to it's, you. A, it's that partnership right yeah. like there's something really powerful about that and that joy and that excitement that makes you want to partner more makes you want to be yeah. invited into more makes you want to say yes more right yeah. so then you go from sending that text then maybe the next thing is to speak something to that barista at starbucks mm-hmm. or to invite someone over right yeah. and it's it it builds it's not faith, like faith to, breeds faith faith yeah. breeds faith yeah. and if you're listening right now you don't need to have this vision for a prayer house tomorrow yeah. and think that that's i mean right. it could be as simple as i want to i just want to love people more yeah. i just want to be jesus more i want to be more bold in that i want to yeah. i want i love hospitality i want to invite people into my home mm-hmm. like um whatever that is take a step yeah yeah yep. yeah absolutely yep. yay yeah thanks guys thanks well, gina. gina thanks for sharing your story <laughs> appreciate you guys and i'm excited to see as god continues to unfold the things that he already knows the things he's already yeah. set in motion mm-hmm. the things he's already planned that are just right out in front of you yeah. and as you say yes 
um, how he's going to surprise you and how mm-hmm. he's going to uh, meet you in those. So thanks for that. Thanks for the the ministry that you're providing for for the church, that you are providing a safe place for not just pastors and leaders, but just sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And God bless you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. I so appreciate Pete and Patty's vulnerability and honesty with their journey their hunger for more more of who God is more of what he has for us as his kids and then their hearts their pastoral hearts their love for the church and for God's people so much that they want to bring that encounter. They want to see people experience and encounter God's presence to be healed and set free and to walk in the power of the Spirit in their daily lives. It's such a gift. So I have a couple of questions. First, Are you hungry for more? Do you long to encounter God's presence in a deeper way? Do you read your Bible and wonder why you're not experiencing the things that you're reading about? Jesus will meet you in that desire and in that hunger. Jesus says, if you seek me, you will find me. And so I just want to encourage you to seek him. And maybe even visit Cedar House OC. Come to that sacred space that place uniquely designed lovingly prepared and provided for you to encounter him in a new way and my second question is what is your dream what are the things that God's placed in your heart The things that you long to see, that you want to create, that you feel invited into, what is it? Is it a big dream? Is it a ministry? Is it being more bold with loving people at work? Is it believing that you hear God's voice and being obedient to the things that he's prompting you? Is it stepping out from fear, laying aside insecurity, and having confidence in the gifts that he's giving you? What is it? And can you receive the advice 
do something. Get up. Step out of the paralysis. Take a risk. And do something. Don't get overwhelmed with the goal. Don't get intimidated by the summit. Just take a step. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your sons and your daughters. I thank you, Lord, that you are gracious and kind. I thank you that you're a gentleman who is inviting us, always inviting us to go a little deeper, a little further in you. So I pray for every son and daughter who is longing for more. In Jesus' name, would you answer their prayer? Would you meet them in that sacred space? I pray for a fresh baptism of your spirit. I pray for gifts to be awakened. I pray for healing and restoration. I pray for peace and power and love. And Father, I pray for all of the visions and dreams, the ideas, the things that you have placed in the hearts and minds of your kids. Maybe things that they've forgotten about, Lord, would you bring them back to the forefront? Would you awaken those things? Would you dust off things placed on the shelf or put away? And would you revive them? And Father, in Jesus' name right now, I just pray for bold, courageous strength to take a step. And Lord, I thank you that you are going to meet them at that step. And as you do, Lord, would you light a fire? I pray for provision. I pray for joy. We pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We love you, and we thank you. In your name, amen. If you want more information about Cedar House OC, you can visit them at cedarhouseoc.com. The link is in the episode notes. You can also follow them on Instagram, and I'd really encourage you to go go through their virtual prayer room, make an appointment when it's safe and allowed (laughs) to meet in person, but you need to avail yourself if you're local of this ministry because it's significant, it's powerful, and, and God will speak and he'll meet you there and maybe he'll give you vision for the things that he's placed in you. I hope that you are enjoying sacred space and I'd 
just want to encourage you to rate and review us if you haven't already subscribe um, if you want to visit us and email us reach out you can visit us at genastockton.com and I would love to hear from you to hear how God's meeting you and uh, just what you think of uh, the podcast and any thoughts or ideas that you might have I want to hear and if you would like to support the production of this podcast and the Dwell Project and other things that are being produced by Stockton Ministries, you can make a tax-deductible donation in the episode notes. There's a link, or you can go to the website and click the donate button in the top right corner. Well, I hope you have an amazing week. I hope that you choose to run after all that God has for you and that you would take a step with him because he's worth it. Have an amazing week.